Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Orton Gillingham podcast. We are going to start out today by making a personal announcement. We have some bittersweet news. Um, Angelina is no longer on the podcast with us. Um, she has found another great opportunity. We're really excited for her. We're really happy for her. Uh, but we're sad for us because we lost her as a buddy on our podcast. However, that brings us to today's guest and the newest host of the Orton Gillingham podcast, Brainspring instructor, Samantha Brooks. Hi, Hi Sam. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so glad to be here. Hi, hey. Yay. Her name is Samantha Brooks. However, yes. we call her Sam. Yes. So you can now too. <laughs> So just a little bit of background on Sam before she joins us. After earning her bachelor's of science in elementary education from Kansas State University in 1991, she spent 28 years as a special education resource teacher for grades K through five. In 1994, Sam received her master's in special education from the University of Central Arkansas. She first received Orton Gillingham training in 2013 and went on to receive therapist level credentials and a dyslexia endorsement from the University of Arkansas in 2014. After retiring from the classroom, she joined the Brainspring instructor team and has trained all over the country, helping teachers with knowledge and implementation. Sam lives in Fayetteville, Arkansas with her husband of 29 years, Lee. She also has two children, Lauren, who's 24, and Zane, who's 20. And we're so excited that you're here with us, Sam. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here with you guys. Well, hey, Sam, it's Esther. Hey. (laughs) I know you can, I know you can see me. I'm excited that you're going to join us. Oh, I'm so thrilled. I always think back about the first time I met you when we were, um, I met you when I was observing you as a, yes. a, a trainer, the very first time you trained when you were by yourself in Hamilton, Ohio. Was that right? Hamilton, yes, Ohio? Hamilton, Ohio. That's the furthest North I'd ever been at that time. Oh, really? Oh, I grew wow. up in the South. Yes, wow. I grew up in the South. And so I'd never been past, St. Louis was as far North that I'd ever been. And wow. so, yeah. So I felt really estranged, I guess. But. Yeah, she was she was out of her element. But I can tell you this, Sam was, I've never seen somebody more overly prepared <laughs> to do a training. She had like 15,000 suitcases filled with all kinds of stuff. I couldn't believe I it. She said, can you come to my room and this was the night before the training, come to my room and, and I want to show you kind of how I have this organized. And, and I said, sure. Yeah. So I went to her room and she had it all laid out. It took up the entire hotel room. She had stuff all over the place. I mean, it was so much stuff. I couldn't believe how much stuff she had, but I was also secretly really envious because I thought, look at how nice all this stuff looks. And it made me kind of step up my game a little bit. So that was the first time I met Sam and we, we enjoyed a week together. Um, You know, she did a great job, you know, it was a good night. It was a good week. Esther sat down with me and told me that I really need to practice PowerPoint. And so she gave me some tips. (laughs) I I was lacking in the technology department. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that was a great Mm -hmm. tip. And one thing she always told me is the very first thing you ever do when you get to a training is set up your technology, Mm -hmm. make sure that's up and running. The stuff will be there and just set up your technology. 
Mm. And I, and I still do this. The very first thing I do on the first day, every day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But that was, that was nice. And then of course we've, you know, you live far away, so we don't get to see you very often, but it's, it's always nice to see you. Well, it's great to see you guys too. And I'm so glad to be joining you on these, on this podcast. This is an amazing opportunity for me. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. we're so excited to have you. You have, you have a nice uh, Southern draw. <laughs> you know, I've trained in the Northeast some, which is kind of scary. It's scary up there, you know. <laughs> right, what makes it scary? I just start... have to know. Well. Because I lived well, in the Northeast know... <laughs> for, for a while. And I love well, it. First of all, you know, when we explain things and talk things, it's like they think I talk slower. Uh, I explain things too thoroughly. I need to get to the point quickly. And that's just not my nature. <laughs> so, wow. That might have just been the uh, teachers uh, that you were with at the time. <laughs> and uh, then yeah. you're, when you're doing battle drills with them and things like that, you have to have a conversation about things. Right. Mm-hmm. Every one of us needs to clean it up. And so it's, that's something, you know, you don't want to offend any teachers or anybody, especially if you're in a training and, you know, mm-hmm. you have to tell them more precise. That's why I avoid mm. vowels in the South, because <laughs> when I told them that I said, ah, for octopus, one of the women oh, immediately goes, well, Katie, how in the world do you say dog? And I go, <laughs> dog. <laughs> And I go, well, I don't say no. And we were all cracking up. And I tried. I tried my best at the Southern oh, accent the entire week. And from then on, I was like, we are doing eh and eh for the vowel intensive. That yeah. is just it. Hey, uh, that's it. I am. This is true story. I'm just going to tell you, this is such a true story. So I was down, I think it was South Mississippi. And I was doing a red word practice. And so we were loading and spelling red words. And I said, and it was an auditory drill. So they were in loading position. And I said, R, no lie. They go, R, O U R, R. That's how we say it, you know, it's yeah. our house or our dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it threw me off for a minute. And I go, oh, no, not that R, the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know it's always yeah. fun. It's always fun to, to, yeah. to, you know, hear the difference, how we all speak mm-hmm. so differently that I, I love it when I go to the South because they're like, oh, they, they'll laugh when I say my vowels and then they'll say, say it again. Yes. Say, say it again. That was funny. Say it again. I don't think we realize well, how know, nasally we talk until so nasally. Yes. it has been pointed out, you yeah. know. Yeah. 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 It's not let, even like a cool let that air out. <laughs> no it's, not, it's cool. not cool at all it's like no it's terrible I wish it, you know it was like a boston accent or you know something yeah. well you know in this you know southern phrases that we have i say bless your heart all the time and people think that that's Sam, a, we know what that means yes remember i told you that's not a compliment <laughs> so when somebody goes bless your heart that is they're they're not complimenting you no, we know that now. <laughs> so many times I've heard that like directed at me now, and it like Uh-oh. oh, I've just blown up. I'm your just world. kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. 
I say, I know what that means. That's right. (laughs) I'm in on the code. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember. I remember the first time I met you, Sam. And you had come to the, what did you come? To the Brainspring office, like right when you were hired. And this was way Mm -hmm. before I was even working full time and. Yeah, this Esther, this was before, this was like six months before you and I met. And I just had a very casual, like, you know, encounter with her just to say hello. And then the first time I ever really hung out with you because we had a training at the same time, I believe it was when we were all doing the training in Mobile, Alabama. Mm -hmm. I often think back to that time, you know, I was making some major career changes not really with being a teacher, because I'm still a teacher, I still consider myself a teacher, but just uh, shifting from teaching kids to teaching adults, Mm -hmm. which is a huge shift. And I don't, I think I was so naive to that part. At that time, I didn't really encompass what that meant. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after doing this four years now, it's just amazing how many opportunities I've had how many people I've met across the country and how many, especially teachers themselves. And it's just, it's just such an amazing opportunity to be able to really feel like you're doing a call. It's really a calling to do more than you could before. And so, uh, but I, it's, it was just, I look back on that time before I started and I said, gosh, I was so naive to the changes I was actually in. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, I, but looking back on it, I was like, I can't believe I wasn't just in tears all day, <laughs> every day. Mm. It was just a major, in, a, in just a leap of faith that I was doing the right thing. Cause you know, leaving, mm-hmm. leaving the kids is a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. It was, mm-hmm. you know, it's just such mm-hmm. a different mindset when you put yourself into that oh yeah uh, I totally agree but uh, you know deciding to go further with that but uh I I still get to go to the schools I get my little kid fix here and there and so it's Mm -hmm. good it's good Mm -hmm. so many changes happening out there right now you know I've been traveling so I'm still a traveling instructor so I've had some courses here and there and seeing how everybody's, all the teachers have just come together and especially during this pandemic, they're really just trying to survive a pandemic and so many changes being thrown at them, but you can still see underneath it all, the passion for what they do is still there. They are mm-hmm. doing a magnificent job with very little resources mm-hmm. that they've been mm-hmm. given to uh And I can imagine, can you imagine how much their tech knowledge has exploded and they're, I don't know, I'm I'm just so in awe by all the educators that are making themselves so much Mm -hmm. better in their craft and what they're doing and Mm -hmm. applying so many things and so many things you would never have to think about, you know, even a year ago. I mean, it's just amazing to see how, Mm -hmm. you know, teachers have had to adapt and change and they're still just as gracious and warm and Mm -hmm. loving as ever before, even with the Mm -hmm. massive amount of things they've had to deal with. Yeah. When I have moments of missing the classroom, I, uh, I think about moments like this and I'm like, 
you know, I'm really glad I'm not a teacher right now. <laughs> and I, and I mean that in, yeah. in a respectful way because Absolutely. they have so much going on and so much on their plates and, uh, it's I absolutely admire all of them yeah. for just oh my gosh and just talking to them and yeah you know there are times that yeah I'm sure that you want to hang it up and you think oh my gosh this is too much but they are pushing right through this mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what an amazing but, group of people so Sam so talking about teachers and how wonderful they are and we were all teachers as well but mm-hmm. um and we all go into teaching for our own reasons and um you know, how did you decide that you wanted to be a teacher? Well, you know, I often think back to that. I wasn't one of those that had known since they were a little girl, they wanted to be a teacher. Um, I went into college. First, I was going to child psychology. Um, But then I realized quickly that you can't really have, you know, it's hard. (laughs) It's hard to get a career (laughs) going Mm -hmm. with that. And so, um, you know, I fell into education through Special Olympics. Oh, I, I had a, you know, it's off in the summertime and my next door neighbor's mother was in charge of it all. And so I, they just asked me to come help. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think just being around that and seeing the amazing, mm-hmm. beautiful kids that, oh my gosh, with all the challenges that they have having Mm -hmm. such a good time and really enjoying life. Mm -hmm. And that's what, and I thought, oh my gosh, that's it. So that, Mm -hmm. you know, I can just tell you, it's just that moment in Mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Yeah. That just did it all. And so, and that's why I I did minor in special education. And (laughs) funny thing, when I took my first teaching job, I um, went to the interview thinking it was for a kindergarten position. And halfway in the interview, the principal was interviewing me and she said, you do know this is for a special education resource room, correct? And I went, oh, yes. I, I had no idea what a resource room was. Oh, Take it to make it. No, I mean, You're like, yeah, of course I, I know. know. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's why I'm up here. No, I had no idea. And so I literally went into it. You know, I can't believe I, I know I was just so young, you know, yeah. but it worked out. It just, it uh-huh. was amazing how it worked out. So, yeah. so did you get yeah, hired really, for that job? Yes. So you quickly yes. looked up what I, a resource room is <laughs> as soon well, as you, you know, hung up the phone, right? The internet, <laughs> the internet, there was no looking up back then. <laughs> you know, I, I. I had one of my aunts had worked into in a special education classroom in another in a neighboring district. And I asked her first, I told her I got the job. And then I said, now, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell me what I'm going to be doing? Because I want to be prepared on Monday. And the thing is, you're not scared. I wasn't scared at all. I was abs- I was so excited and just I felt so lucky, I guess, in a way that I had the opportunity. So I absolutely went into it with that kind of mindset. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's, I think that's definitely what propelled me through all those years. Well, you had a, you had a special ed in school. I mean, you you learned about it. So it wasn't like it was a total. No, no, I know. But, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, you're talking about 
you know, just characteristic classes, you know, oh, things, yeah. you know, the history of special ed, the, yeah. what LD oh, yeah, yeah. is. I really had no practical knowledge. About right, it. right, right. And wow. so, but I think that that served me well because I went into it with my eyes just wide open and mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. you know, absorbed absolutely everything. My mm-hmm. mother-in-law was a kindergarten teacher for many, many years. And she always asked me, don't you want to teach regular ed? Don't you want to teach regular ed? And it was, I never wanted to mm-hmm. be a regular classroom teacher. I always mm-hmm. wanted to stay on the special ed side of things. Mm-hmm. And, but I did Great. get to dabble into it, of course, through uh, programs and things like that and co-teaching. But I always mm-hmm. just had a genuine love. And I really think it just comes back to just seeing the beautiful life outside those kids when I joined mm-hmm. that Special Olympics team that day. So, yeah. That's cool. That cool. That's a cool story. I know. I didn't know. I didn't ever dream of being a teacher ever, ever, ever. And I was taking a class. I was in school, in college. I was taking a literature class and I was majoring in English and I loved it. I loved, loved, loved English and literature and all that stuff. I loved it. And I was talking to somebody and I said, I said, yeah, I'm going to get, you know, I love this. I love this. English class. And I was talking to her about this novels I was reading or something. And she said, you should just be an English teacher. Then you could talk about this stuff all day long. And I was like, ding, maybe I will. (laughs) That's literally how it happens, right? Yeah. And and then I was like, yeah, I could be a high school English teacher and teach literature. And I would love that. And I did love it. And I did it. It was fun. So there you, you know, go. and exactly. And then, you know, fast forward a few years, you start out and you're in that, but then you start to specialize in certain areas mm-hmm. of that in mm-hmm. reading. I saw the struggles of my students for so many years and, you know, and I did everything I knew to try to help them. And I just, I think my launch into dyslexia, especially mm-hmm. was just, it came out of desperation mm-hmm. in so there's got to be something out there that works. And so mm-hmm. that kind of mm-hmm. propelled me into that area mm-hmm. as well. So, so were you trained, you were trained through BrainSpring. Yes. I mean, so how did you hear about BrainSpring in Arkansas? Well, my school district that I taught with in Arkansas actually hosted a training. When the oh, dyslexia, okay. Yeah. When the dyslexia law came out for Arkansas, at first it was really strictly written. And then they realized not every teacher mm-hmm. could become a a specialist, mm-hmm. you know, and so they had to rewrite it, but then they mandated that schools provide services for intervention. Okay. And then, okay. so the district chose phonics first and that phonics first came. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you I, can, were, okay. <laughs> I can remember in my init- that initial training and I had been in OG before. So it, some of it, it wasn't new to me, but mm-hmm. it was just a game changer because mm-hmm. it was, who was just your trainer, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. And so yeah. in, like on Wednesday in the middle, I went up to her and I said, I want to know how to become, how to do what you, what you do. And mm-hmm. she just kind of looked at me at first and, you know, you have teachers that, you know, say that to you and it's mm-hmm. just so neat that they, you know, do that. But I can remember just mm-hmm. having the guts to go up there and ask, you know, how do I get to where you are to mm-hmm. really train teachers? Cause I'm going to retire in a few years and I really have mm-hmm. some decisions to make about how I want to mm-hmm. go from here. So that's what yeah. happened. Oh, I'm Great. glad you did. I'm glad you got yeah. the guts up to ask. 
I mean, because a lot of times when we'll do the trainings, I'll have a lot of people. And in the South, they say this a lot. They'll say to me, um, I want to be you when I grow up. So how do I get your job? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For some reason, that line. That's right. That line. Yeah. How, how do I get your job? I want to be you when I grow up. And I don't know why. I've heard it so many times. Like in, just in the South, they say it like that. It's so funny. I know. I know. Over this summer, I went to Branson, Missouri, and I was walking out of a restaurant and a group of ladies that were on the second tier yelled down at me and goes, hey, phonics first. And I looked up. <laughs> I guess I had trained them about a year before. And oh they my gosh. They recognized me walking out oh, of a restaurant. They called you phonics first. I swear. I felt so, I felt like a celebrity. Yeah. Aww, they're like snapping you. pictures. You realize, yeah. It's like paparazzi. You don't realize the impact. You definitely don't realize the impact you make yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. Cause you're so humble in what you do. And you know, you're just, you just don't mm. realize the impact and the trail that you leave behind is just, mm. it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining me on my very first Orton Gillingham podcast episode. And I look so forward to the oncoming weeks. We're going to have lots of fun. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Make sure you subscribe.